In episode 51, we talked to DallasOfFun.com all about seasonal spikes and how they deliver memories through a billion smiles, a million laughs, and a few disappointing head shakes. This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put sexy into supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. It is a great day in the studio where we record our Two Babes Talk Supply Chain episodes, and we are so glad you are all tuning in today. Not that every episode is important to supply chain, but we are talking about the Canada-U.S. trade relationship. Especially in these unpredictable times, this is a hugely important topic. So without further ado, let me introduce our guests for today. From Maple Business Council in California, we have Stephen Armstrong and Robert Kelly. Senior Armstrong, a senior marketing executive, Stephen brings an international track record in growing brands across five verticals spanning grocery, retail, consumer packaged goods, restaurants, new media, and healthcare information technology. In 2015, Stephen co-founded the nonprofit Maple Business Council to promote cross-border trade, investment, and entrepreneurship opportunities between Canada and Southern California. In its first two years, Maple has established itself as a vibrant and respected business partner to our members and the communities served in both the U.S. and Canada. Robert Kelly is also the co-founder of Maple Business Council, and he is currently also Senior Director of Enterprise Cloud Strategy, where our products support drug safety in the pharmaceutical industry at Oracle. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having us. We have a lot of ground to cover, so let's get started. Can you tell us a little bit about Maple Business Council, what it is, and how you got started? Sure. Thank you, Sarah. Um, so Maple, Maple Business Council is a cross-border executive networking group where we promote investment, trade, and entrepreneurship bilaterally between Southern California and Canada. Uh, we hold networking events, thought leadership programs, we curate content, and we lead outbound delegations and host inbound delegations uh, between the two regions. We formed in 2015 after the suggestion of the Canadian Consulate in Los Angeles, who saw our work in building and growing a vibrant Canadian social community in Orange County being something that we could leverage uh, on the business side of things. Awesome. Why is there a need for an organization such as Maple? Sure, Mike, this is Stephen. Uh, well, first of all, there was no active business networking community here in Southern California that was focused on Canada. And that was really a, a missed opportunity because Canada is actually the second largest export market after Mexico uh, for California. And together we do over $45 billion a year in trade alone. So the opportunity to be able to support this existing trade relationship with an active business community to complement the work of uh, the Canadian consulate teams really was a great opportunity to pursue. And the relationship just gets stronger and stronger each year. Canada is a major investor here in Southern California, 
And recently, the World Trade Center in Los Angeles did some groundbreaking research looking at who is investing in Southern California. And they recognize that Canada is actually the third highest investing nation after Japan and the UK. On top of that, you look at some of the successes in the last few years between Canada and Southern California in particular. Uh, Royal Bank of Canada acquired uh, City National Bank, um, which is a marquee bank here in California. Uh, and when you look at the growth of the downtown L.A. skyline, which is not unlike uh, all the cranes in the sky in Toronto, the largest Class A real estate investor downtown is Toronto-based Brookfield Property. And these successes are getting recognized by the Los Angeles Mayor's Office and the World Trade Centers in the region as uh, reflections, really, of a great working relationship between Canada and Southern California. And so the time was really right for us to create a business networking focal point to promote more opportunities between Southern California and all across Canada. Tell us more about Maple Community and who are the members. Sure. Thanks, Nick. Um, So we're cross-sector and cross-growth stage by design. We did that so we could create a richer networking experience and build critical mass in our membership. We find that people who can cross over industries in discussion um, often find that what really bonds us here is is our our ties and interest um, to Canada. Uh, Our members include some iconic Canadian brands. As Stephen mentioned, Brookfield Property is a member as well as Brookfield Renewables, uh, the province of New Brunswick, Air Canada, and Pure Later International are members. We also have a wide variety of businesses in Southern California. Some are owned by Canadians and others with an interest of doing more business with Canada. These include immigration law firms, wealth management, a media agency, the County of Riverside Office of Foreign Trade, the City of Murrieta, and more. Um, so we, we really are growing uh, our membership base uh, across the region or regions. Uh, what's exciting is just how many uh, business sectors are represented. Over the first two years, as we look back at the members who've been involved with the organization, they represent 19 different business domains. And our three most recent new corporate members are from Vancouver, St. John, Newfoundland, and Toronto and they represent uh, a cross-border tax service, a cutting-edge holographic technology development company looking to build the next holodeck or the first holodeck, uh, and the commercial office uh, interior sector is also represented. Well, that's interesting. So You've got yeah, quite a uh, it's, mixture. It's been great to, to grow the, the organization in so many different directions. Yeah, and you've got quite a mixture of members and what like types of businesses that are interested in maple. Do you find that there are, you know, certain industries or sectors that are kind of drawn to well, this to this association or you know what what typically you'll find in associations is that is that uh, you'll find service sectors who are representing service sector um, businesses who represent clients who may be going through um, you know, a transition, uh, a growth um, period within the business where going international is uh, an important consideration. And so they turn to experts for advice. And we, we 
got a number of those experts um, in our organization, but we also have companies who are doing business cross-border, um, and uh, you know we'll continue to grow that out from a manufacturing perspective and so forth. So it's really going to be across the board. Um, we do see that there will be some natural industries uh, that will come out of uh, of our work over time, and, and those are industries where there are synergies between Southern California and Canada. Uh, just to name a few, you know, think about uh, renewable energy and clean tech. Uh, think about the entertainment industry. Uh, we like to really differentiate Southern California from Northern California, and entertainment is one of those obvious ones that comes to mind. Um, Los Angeles as a region is the largest manufacturing region in the United States, and a lot of people don't recognize that. So manufacturing is something that certainly um, uh, we can leverage and point to as a key uh, vertical that we would want to um, promote uh, in both directions because we know there's a great manufacturing sector in, in uh, California, or sorry, in Canada. Uh, around Toronto, southwestern Ontario, the automotive sector, and so forth. So we think that there's manufacturing. Um, we also uh, see some interesting pockets in health sciences, for example. Orange County has uh, strength in um, medical devices. Uh, San Diego has great strength in um, biotech and uh, life sciences uh, just in general. And then there's high tech as well. So we think that there, there are some great synergies that can, get, that can play across the border. And we see a lot of strength in markets um, as, as we look at Toronto, for example, really strong in health sciences. Um, both Toronto and Vancouver are strong in entertainment and so forth. So th those areas that have a lot of natural synergy is where we're going to focus. Great. I have a couple of questions on that. So just for our listeners, um, what do you consider Southern California? So it's from where to where? Um, our focus, let's call it. Sorry, go ahead, Stephen. So our focus, um, Sarah, is uh, San Diego up to Santa Barbara. And most of our focus is in the major metro regions of Los Angeles, Orange County, and San Diego metro. Okay, interesting. And then on the manufacturing side in Los Angeles, that's actually surprising to me. I, I didn't really... I didn't really think about that. So is that more on the clothing and retail side as far as the manufacturing is concerned? It's across the board. Um, you have the um, legacy of the aerospace industry um, here and, of course, still still very active. But um, that, that industry, when it was at its zenith here, um, really spawned a lot of additional manufacturing and support, supporting industries and technologies. Um, in fact, we, we know a company uh, from Alberta that's doing very well here in Southern California that services that market, among many others, um, from a manufacturing and, and tech perspective. Uh, so there's quite a bit of diversity here, and it is striking. You would think um, the manufacturing center of the U.S. might be more like Detroit or Chicago or um, uh, other markets, but it does still uh, remain very strong here in, in L.A., Okay, that's interesting. Thanks, Stephen. So um, then what does Maple do to promote investment, trade, entrepreneurship between Southern California and Canada? Like what can, what can a member expect? So first what we do, sir, is we bring people together. Um, it's important to set the table so that we can have the right conversations between people that both have the experience in doing business across border 
as well as the interest in helping others uh, grow their business this way as well. Um, and this is really not just Canadians living here, but businesses that have been successful in exporting to Canada, as well as Canadian businesses that are looking to grow their footprint in Southern California. So what we do on a baseline level is host uh, 12 networking events a year across Southern California. So you can imagine over a two-day period each quarter, uh, Robert and I and, and others are involved in hosting networking events in San Diego, Orange County, and Los Angeles. And these are really important touch points for our members and guests to meet each other, um, network, and hear some great thought leadership presentations. And we've had the honor of hosting the Los Angeles Mayor's Office, the San Diego Mayor's Office, uh, one of the co-founders of Vizio Television, um, who spent many years in Ontario, uh, talk about, um, through a fireside chat, his experiences in growing a very successful enterprise uh, as well as our own members sharing their, their ex- expertise. So that really becomes the, the baseline to our work. And then throughout the year, we're looking to help amplify our members' brands. So our corporate members you know, speak at our events. Uh, we follow what they are promoting online uh, through their, their news sources, their, the milestones that they want to celebrate. And we're very active on social media to be able to let um, a very engaged network and this kind of news focus uh, hear about these successes that they're having so that they're reaching a targeted and senior audience. And playing a very big role in the growth of Maple has been a growing team of business ambassadors that have joined with Robert and myself to um, leverage their networks and their deep networks in particular regions of Canada So we have business ambassadors that are building bridges between Southern California and British Columbia. Uh, That gentleman, Jason C., is actually based in Vancouver. So it's wonderful to have a Maple uh, teammate uh, in Canada uh, helping make these conversations happen. Uh, We have a gentleman, Charles Gauthier, who spent 26 years with the Quebec government and at one time was the vice counsel for Quebec in Mumbai, India. He's now in private business, living in Southern California, and is helping us connect with uh, enterprises in the province of Quebec. And then Ken Richards is a uh, founder and CEO of a private equity firm with offices in Toronto, Los Angeles, and Seoul, Korea. And uh, he has a deep network in Atlantic Canada, having grown up in Prince Edward Island. So these gentlemen and others that we hope to bring on, again, help to take our mission into particular uh, corners of Canada. And then supporting that, uh, Robert and I lead business delegations to Canada. This year we had the pleasure of coming up to Vancouver in March during the BC Tech Summit Week, uh, which we took in and were able to kind of take the pulse of what's going on in the tech scene in Vancouver and across the province, after which we held two days of private briefings with industry and government organizations to really learn what's going on in that market. And we also hosted a cross-border networking reception to share our mission at Maple and for our delegates and ourselves to meet a cross-section of the Vancouver business community. And we're really excited to be coming up to Toronto next month to take that template and, uh, and do that in the Toronto market. So on September 21st and 22nd, we'll be bringing a business delegation from Southern California to learn about what's going on in Toronto 
meeting with some of the major innovation centers, government and enterprise organizations, and we'll be hosting our own networking reception again as well. And then on the entrepreneurship side, we have crafted a program called Maple House that is something that we have yet to launch, but that we're really itching to do. Uh, And it's a structured market navigation program for Canadian entrepreneurs to spend some quality time in Southern California for a week to understand how to navigate this market by setting up for them targeted meetings with uh, the individuals and organizations that will help them answer their business questions. Perhaps they're looking at validating their product or their, their idea here in this region. Um, maybe they want to meet with investors looking for ways to grow their business or potentially channel partners or customers. So through that Maple offers, we want to bring together the right people to help foster those conversations. Meet also with some mentors, their, their pitch to a Southern California uh, audience and also interact with the Canadian expat community here. So they kind of feel for what it would be like to move to Southern California, hire someone in this market. And again, the idea is not to take a successful Canadian startup out of Canada, but really to fortify their business. And when it's right for them to look at entering the U.S. market, why not have the helping hand of Canadian, um, experienced Canadian business executives here in Southern California to inform them of, the options that are available here, and to situate them in the right corner of Southern California, too. As Robert mentioned, there are pockets of deep strength here by sector within Southern California. And so depending upon their, their business, um, we will help them you know, network with um, the right industry and the right connections by hosting them in San Diego or downtown L.A., Pasadena, wherever it might be, given their market focus. So those are some at a broad level of ways that we're helping to promote investment, trade, and entrepreneurship. Awesome. It sounds like you guys do so much for your for your members and also for the Canada-California trade. I know we went over it a little bit before, you know, some of the industries and, and um, cross-trade there, but can you tell us a little bit about the current Canada-California trade? Sure. Sarah, you know, it's been um, a long-standing relationship, uh, you know, between Canada and the United States at, at a broad level, but very specifically with California. Um, Canada is the second largest export market for California, uh, second to Mexico. Um, and the daily trade is about $123 million. Uh, exports to Canada um, are up around $16.8 billion. Uh, at least that's where they were in 2016. Uh, Canada buys over 10% of all California exports with uh, computers and electronic products representing the largest uh, export sector. Uh, In fact, 30% of all exports uh, in that sector go to Canada. Uh, And then if you look at two-way trade, it's it's in excess of $45 billion. and one of the things that's really interesting as well in the current climate is to remind people that uh, in Southern California alone, uh, over a million jobs uh, depend on trade with, Can- with Canada. So it's an important trading partner, and, and not just for the matter of, of trade itself, but, but the spillover that it has. Obviously, trade creates jobs, and, uh, and those jobs are important to the region here as they are in, in Canada. Um, 
you know, so, so California, uh, if you look at the overall trading relationship between uh, Canada and the United States, it ranks uh, third of all states after Michigan and Illinois. So uh, there's a fair amount going on here, and we want to continue to promote it. What's at stake in California with the renegotiation of the NAFTA? Well, Nick, I think the short answer is some of these statistics that Robert was sharing. You know, there's $45 billion in trade a year at stake. There's over 1.1 million jobs in California, not to mention all the jobs in Canada that depend upon exports to, to California. So it's an important, you know, and, and robust relationship um, that's at stake. And it's a working one. It's a, a successful one. I think the sensitivity is going to vary, obviously, by market, you know, based on the volume of trade that exists. You know, Canada happens to be the biggest customer for California wine, for example. Over $400 million of California wine is, is bought by Canada. Um, fruits and vegetables, um, you know, we all see um, California uh, produce in Canadian supermarkets, as well as, you know, computers and electronics, as Robert was sharing. So those markets that are um, trading at a very high level are certainly going to be most sensitive to anything that might uh, change or disrupt um, the relationship because of you know, changes in regulations. Um, I think it's important to think, too, though, just how much it is uh, a healthy relationship at, in a different uh, sector, and that's tourism. Um, people don't realize that Canada is a really a significant source of tourists for California, um, Canadians are the second largest uh, tourist group in Los Angeles, for example. And overall, Canadians made nearly 2 million visits to the state uh, a few years back with the most recent data available and spent over $1.5 billion. So, you know, at a, at a family and a personal level, you know, the amount of business that's being done across the border is really incredible. Um, and then you think about the sensitivity around energy and, and what's happening in terms of uh, the sources of energy for the U.S. and for the state. Well, California happens to buy over $2 billion a year in energy from Canada, uh, largely in crude petroleum. So, you know, these are really vital um, trading relationships. Canada is playing a major role in the growth and success that's happening here in California. Um, so that, in a nutshell, I think is really is what's at stake here, is how can we modernize NAFTA, since it is a 23-year-old agreement, without in any way disrupting the supply chains and the uh, successful trading partnerships that exist across all of these sectors and services. Absolutely. I think that, you know, there's... There's a lot that companies are going to have to do, you know, depending on which way these negotiations go or, you know, the renegotiations. If, if parts of it are renegotiated, depending on industry and depending on product and, and services and things like that. So how can companies prepare for what is to come? Well, Sarah, I don't think there's a, a simple answer to that. But, but I think just with any um, important negotiation like this, uh, you know, it's important to stay informed, stay on top of the renegotiations, um, keep an eye on what might be happening in that process that might that might affect your business. Um, you know, this is an old agreement, as Stephen mentioned. Uh, it was crafted before we had e-commerce and cell phones and the growth of, of many of the tech sectors. 
uh, so much has changed and, and job descriptions that are that are that are spelled out in the agreement um, either don't exist anymore or we have plenty of new jobs um, when we talk about portability of, of labor across the border and that sort of thing uh, industries have changed dramatically and uh, so so it's good for us to go through and have a have a look at this agreement and modernize it where it's appropriate but really just you know take a look at um, you know, what degree your business uh, depends on trade with Canada or your suppliers' businesses um, or customers, right? Within your overall ecosystem, um, what could the effect be? So I think the first thing is really just stay informed, be aware. And then, you know, where it makes sense, if your business is, um, uh, you know, has the potential to be effective, be involved in the discussion. Um, and that's on both sides of the border, right? We need to be able to voice concern and and, and also work on things at that subnational level. Uh, this agreement could take a could take a, a while to negotiate, and in the meantime, there's a lot of work that can still be done at the subnational level to to keep things moving. Um, so, you know, if you're already trading, uh, you know, with uh, trading across the border, and you've got a, a very interconnected supply chain, uh, really pay attention to that. Um, you know, businesses are working and growing together. Uh, there are established relationships and trust has been built over years, uh, and there's an appetite for, for win-win renegotiations. Uh, I, I know, uh, in particular, a business here in Southern California uh, owned by an American who, whose entire supply base is in Canada for a couple of uh, technology products that, that uh, his company sells and has for the last 20-plus years. It's been a very positive relationship, and... Uh, you know, you don't want those relationships stopping. Um, and so it's, it's that sort of thing that I think we need to be careful of. Um, one of our member organizations, uh, Snell & Wilmer, a uh, multi-practice law firm, recently authored a piece on this topic and suggested that businesses really, um, you know, evaluate existing supply chain controls, market opportunities, and, you know, set some proactive plans in place if, if it looks like there could be um, a hitch, and um, uh, that that report or that piece is available uh, linked off of our website if you want to go check that out. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think the other thing for us to consider is that I think we're going to see a lot of twists and turns um, in the negotiation process, and and I think it's, you know, it's upon us, really incumbent upon us to, to not... Um, uh, you know, jump to conclusions or knee-jerk react to what we hear uh, in the media because these things really do take time and um, and some of the statements that we may hear o over time will be, you know, negotiating tactics. And, and let's just see where, where it ends, where it ends up uh, for all of us at the end. Yeah, that's a we're, good, we're that, sorry, that's a good point to make is that it's not all, you know, doom and gloom. There's, you know, there's some important you know, things that do need to change in NAFTA because of where we are um, with technology and e-commerce and things like that. So, um, you know, there's got to be a little bit of a balance. You know, we need to be careful, you know, when it comes to relationships and, and you know, um, um, you know, minimizing, you know, what we've already built up through NAFTA. Um, but again, also looking at the positives to do with that and, and the positives around e-commerce and technology and, and what that could mean for uh, businesses in that regard as well. Absolutely. 
So what will this mean for Canada-U.S. trade relations? Well, sir, I think, frankly, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to demonstrate the strength of our, our trading partnership and even more um, bigger picture, you know, our close ties as neighbors, um, strategic allies, and friends. Um, it's fine to be to test the relationship. You know, this is uh, a, uh, an agreement that is now dated and uh, needs updating. I think everybody recognizes that. And so we want to approach it with the spirit of partnership and friendship to be able to find constructive answers to the challenges that um, we've all identified with the original agreement. So I think we can all come to the table recognizing that there's a need first for updates and that we have um, a very strong, deep, and long-lasting um, partnership and trading relationship to make the changes that are needed and to work through, frankly, you know, different points of view on how we're going to get there and what that endpoint needs to look like. Um, so I think, you know, that really is the spirit of this and that I think coming out of the, any renegotiation to be able to say that, you know, we took on collectively, you know, the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, a very difficult and challenging uh, task, and we worked through it. Um, without damaging our relationship and with the greater recognition that we are stronger together and that there is such a, a deep and complex interwoven supply chain through three nations um, that has resulted in tremendous growth for all parties and um, has now represents the largest trading relationship in the world. So I think, you know, that's what it, at the end of the day it means. It means um, you know, reflecting on our history together, working it through with the values and the mindset of, of friends and partners, and, um, and having that approach as we deal with, you know, constructive uh, criticism and different points of view. And, and I think from that process, the overall relationship will be even stronger coming out of the renegotiations, frankly. Awesome. So the million-dollar question is, what is next for Maple? Well, you know, uh, at, at a tactical level, what we're really looking forward to in the coming uh, weeks is to reconnect with the Toronto region uh, for upcoming delegation. Uh, we plan to host uh, more 48-hour delegations in 2018, and we've identified Montreal as a market we need to visit. Uh, as Stephen mentioned, we did uh, Vancouver and we've done Toronto a couple of times. We're just excited to to come up and and really bring the community uh, back to Canada. Uh, we're also focused on growing our membership on both sides of the border uh, and continuing to strengthen strengthen and support um, you know this mission. And um, so so really kind of making people aware of what Maple does and and why we're important to this uh, to this relationship for people who are are trying to strike out and, and conduct trade and investment uh, between the U.S. and Canada, uh, we really want to be there to support them. Um, strategically, the response to our mission has been very positive over the, over the course of our, our last two years, um, and we want to continue to grow our footprint. Um, you know, it's been very recognized uh, in the markets that we operate, that we operate in so far, um, we're a respected organization that can help businesses in Canada sell and invest more in Southern California. 
and for Southern California businesses to do the same in Canada. Uh, again, it's bilateral. We're looking to really support the relationship in both directions. We see opportunities that you know Canadians should be taking advantage of here, and we know there are opportunities in Canada that Californians should be taking advantage of as well. Um, and then we're also uh, always on the lookout for motivated and talented people to join the team to help us pursue our mission. And uh, we think that it's important work. It's very, it's been very rewarding for both Stephen and I, um, and we we know that it has been for for anyone that's been involved so far. Um, and you know, one of the things that we recognize as well is there's there's an appetite for this dialogue, and as such, you know, the idea of of growing out chapters in Canada um, for Maple would be uh, something else we're we're working on over the course of the next. Uh, uh, couple of years, and we, we feel that it, it makes sense to serve the Canadian market and, uh, and, and sort of feed that interest um, on, on the, the north side of the border. And that will help give an audience to uh, experts here that want to come up into the Canadian market and have a dialogue with people, but it goes the other direction as well. We really want to have a dialogue going uh, on both sides and keep that fresh and um, have some free flow of ideas in both both directions. Awesome. Well, you guys are doing a great job and these are some, you know, exciting times and we're definitely going to be looking at what Maple Business Council is doing in the future. So if anybody wants any uh, more information on them, please go to their website. That's Maple. SoCal, S-O-C-A-L dot com. You can follow them on Twitter at MapleSoCal and on Instagram at MapleSoCal. And I think I've covered about it all, although uh, they also have a group on LinkedIn as well. So go and check them out. Thank you guys for coming on and and giving us insight into not only Maple, but um, your thoughts on NAFTA and the renegotiations. Thank you, Sarah. Nick? Excellent. Thank you, Sarah and Nick. We appreciate it. No problem. Are you struggling to make the most out of your supply chain and keep the orders moving efficiently? IceCorp is your supply chain specialist, and they specialize in e-commerce, retail, and dropship distribution. They will provide you with tailor-made solutions that will drive your business and sales forward. To get your free assessment, visit them at icecorplogistics.com and check out their learning center as they have some great free resources waiting for you. How will the NAFTA negotiations affect your organization? Keep up to date on that issue, plus Canada-California trade at maplesocal.com. Check out the upcoming must-attend International Trade Conference of the Year at fitfortrade.com slash yourfuture2017. Next week, we are getting into the world of air cargo with Vito, Senior Director of Sales and Commercial Strategies at Air Canada. We are your hosts, Nick and Sarah. This episode was produced by Mike Mazurik. Thank you for all of you who have written in, left us a review, and subscribed to our show. We couldn't do this without you. Remember, we are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And remember, folks, ship happens.